Hey now, boys and girls, welcome back to the unfiltered, unedited, uncensored, and commercial-free Sharks podcast that is the Pucknologist here on Fieldtown USA. It was another interesting week of hockey for the Sharks as they went 1-2 and two over three games this week. We're going to get into those games, plus talk about why the NHL refs and DOPA, DOPS evidently has it out for the Sharks. Players returning from COVID protocol and a Barracuda Canucks game that just will not end. But first, do us a favor. Remember to subscribe, follow us on social media. If you'd like to help support the content we deliver, you can donate using the Super Chat option during live shows, but our preferred donation method, of course, is Venmo, and you can find us at Teal Town USA. Any and all donations, of course, they are appreciated. And if you're not watching live on YouTube, make sure to add your take in the comments section below on this video. So, let's go. And, uh, hey, look at that. We're rocking it. How's it going, everybody? You have to forgive me. I'm kind of working on a cold here. Oh, no. Anyway, so I'm still giving the horse eye to that Cuda Canucks game. So somebody keep me honest on that. Uh, currently, the Sharks are 7-6-1, and one, falling to sixth in the Pacific Division with one win in their last five games. Uh, Jerk, not the best week. No, not at all. But I think... I don't. I don't really think it's any cause for alarm either. Just because I do. <laughs> well, I mean that's fair, but you know, two of the three games this week were still with the skeleton lineup, so I don't really think it's fair to judge. And then the game against the Avalanche. I mean, yes, all you know, the seven regulars who've been out are back, and that's awesome. But they also <laughs> had not skated um, at game speed in over two weeks, so. I don't really think it's fair to judge either. I mean, you know, if you if if you hadn't gone faster than a brisk walk in the last two, you know, however long, and then <laughs> I told you wind. I told you to go run a mile, yeah, you're probably gonna be feeling it a little bit. If you told me to take a lap, if you will, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, let's get into my predictions real quick. Uh, solid week for me. This was a week that I should have went to Vegas, made a parlay. I went three for three. Calling all the wins and losses this week. Currently, I am eight and fourteen on my picks. Uh, I had the Sharks at eight and six through uh, through this stretch of games, and they're seven, six, and one. That's that's pretty close. It it is pretty close, but also too, you you made this prediction. I'm assuming with the idea in mind that they would have a roster that was at 100% for the entire season. Yeah. You know, oh, I, dude, this I, is, I, I, I I did this at the beginning of the season when the schedule first came out. I was going to say I don't I don't think in July you were forecasting for a for a covid outbreak. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. So in in a way, you know, even though the record is very similar to what you've predicted, you could make the argument that the Sharks have played better than you predicted because you were expecting them to be 500 with a full lineup and they're 500 with a skeleton lineup. Yeah. Well, just saying. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, three games that start at Calgary, a four, one victory for, for the sharks that nobody saw coming. <laughs> Evidently as you, uh, well, okay, fine. Well, wait a minute. Hold on. I did see it coming. I had him down for a victory, <laughs> but that was again, at the beginning of the season, I think coming into this was a little like, Hmm, because like what the flames had were what on a seven game point streak or something like 
it was it was pretty impressive. Well, uh, and even then, yeah, they're second in the Pacific right now. <laughs> uh, until the Ducks beat the Canucks, but yes, uh, still in the top three. Uh, finally, the first game against a divisional opponent. <laughs> We're not going to have another one until oh look, Calgary, like. 20 games from now. <laughs> what a weird schedule. Uh, Hill is back in net. Barabanov would open the scoring, gathering an absolute perfect pass from Burns. Uh, the Flames would tie it after what felt like, I don't know, about seven different reviews. Was it pushed in? Was this reviewed? That looked like it was pushed in. Whatever. Um, Couture gave the Sharks back a lead on a great deflection off Zadorov, who figures into the story in a, in a whole minute here. Um, Catching a stretch pass from a player known as Hataka. Um, <laughs> Hurdle and Dolan both bury empty netters. And Burns and Hill both grab two assists apiece in this one. Hmm. Interesting. You don't see the goalie pick up two apples very often. Uh, no, and, and I think one of... I think they mentioned on the broadcast it was like one of... It was very few, one of 10 times or 12 times maybe where the road goalie had two assists in a game. It was something very specific. Jeez. Uh, but the one thing we have to talk about, of course, with this game was the Z- Zadarov hit on Barabanov. Now, I don't know how this doesn't get looked at. Now, to be fair, I was at a concert. So I did not see this game. I, you know, I, I caught the, the highlights. I don't understand how this doesn't get looked at. I mean, jerk, what, in, am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. And the, I, Was and, this called know, a penalty in the game? No. Oh, my God. And the thing is, you know, there, there are going to be people, there are gonna be people who say, well, you know, uh, Zadorov is bigger than Barabanov, which is why he got him in the head. And I think there is some truth to there's some truth to that for sure. Okay, but the then same, I don't remember Zidane Chara getting you know. Well, but but the other <laughs> even even if you want to look at it that way, there's still other problems here. Number one, the puck was gone. Mm-hmm. Play that clip again. I want you to see, you sure. know, whip it out. Barabanov, puck's gone long gone and then bang right there with the hit so the puck is already gone that to me that's textbook interference right there the the onus is on Zadorov to to pull off because the puck is gone mm-hmm. secondly uh you know yes Zadorov is bigger in size and just because of the geometry of it all you know the he, just by blowing by him the shoulder is going to hit the head but there's ways to avoid that, and there's ways to change the way you make contact. And Zadorov didn't do that either. Now, it was a little bit poetic that uh, Couture's goal went off of Zadorov right after that. But, um, <laughs> I mean, to me, at the very least, that's a two-minute interference penalty, and it wasn't even that. Um, but that's kind of, you know, we're going to get into it a little bit down the road here, but that's kind of the beginning of the nightmarish officiating with the Sharks experience this week. Oh, man, that was bad. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so let's finish this up. Uh, the Sharks ended a nine-game point streak for the Flames with this victory. Uh, the Sharks are going to see the Flames three more times this season, and Aiden Hill, did man, did he need this performance. <laughs> and he was huge, saved 37-38 with a 974 save percentage. Yeah, Chief needed this one, and we'll get into his stats in just a hot minute, but let's finish off the week here. Sharks 
Head to Winnipeg, pick up a 4-1 loss. Reimer gets the start in this one. Uh, you had, hey, Dan Boyle debuting on pre-post. Already like him more than Brownie. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, Cogliano opens the scoring with Burns picking up a point in his sixth straight game. Uh, Kyle Connor, who? <laughs> Ties it off some horrific Sharks defense. I mean, everybody got beat on that. Uh, but let's... Let's talk about that officiating there for a hot minute. I mean, what happened to the NHL clamping down on cross-checking? I mean, the, the Jets get three power plays in this game, and, and the Sharks didn't get any. Now, to be fair, two of the three that the Jets got, it was because the, the Sharks were lazy and put the puck over the glass. So, do yeah, they keep doing that for some reason. Yeah, these little <laughs> But either way, it's like, okay, fine. You don't give the Sharks... Uh, a power play, though, despite the fact that there were two blatant cross checks, two trips. You know, like I, evidently the guys in, in in the zebra stripes were the only ones who didn't see it. Uh, Merkley was hacked at multiple times with other other misses in this game. I just, ugh. and of course Eric Furlat was one of the officiators in this game, and you'll remember that he was a guy who got booted out of the playoffs after the whole Pavelski thing. Well, and not only that, you know what I mean? Um, There were, you know, and I I, don't get me wrong. I liked seeing Gadjevich fight for sure. But there were too many moments, you know, kind of part of this missed calls sort of situation. You know, Balsers was the victim of a late hit. Ryan Merkley was constantly getting roughed by the net when he wasn't really doing anything. Um you know, so it, it's there's a there's a lot of yeah missed calls like that. And again, this is you know specifically in AJ and I we don't really talk about the referees at all. So well, I kind of feel fun. like yeah. so I kind of feel like when we do, like there's something there, you know. But <laughs> it, it it just seemed it seemed like in addition to the missed calls, it seemed like you know the Jets and you know the Avalanche and the really all three of the teams the Sharks played this week were, you know, taking advantage of being physical and the Sharks not really answering the bell, you know, and it, it's just, it's frustrating because I, and again, I'm not, I'm no hockey player, but like I'm sitting on my, on my ass on the couch, I'm watching, I see something happen and it's like, you got to go skate by and at least say, hey, do that again and it's going to be the last thing you do. You need to at least say something. Right. And maybe they did, but I, there was no indication to me that they did. And so it just seems like there's, they're starting to slip back into that tendency of not putting their foot down on that kind of shenanigans. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sorry. I was just uh, taking a look real quick. I wanted to find out who did, in fact, win it for the Cuda tonight. Sasha. There you go. All right. Uh, so, anyway, uh, last game of the week for the Sharks at Colorado. Ugh. <laughs> 6-2 loss. Uh, Hill would be back in the net. And you get all the COVID players coming back. LeBanc, Meyer, Nieto, Carlson, Vlasic, Shimmick, Middleton. And not only do you get all those guys back, but remember, McKinnon is out for like three weeks for the Avs because of a lower body injury. Uh, but you had to feel good. With Couture scores first on a... On a Hell of a slapper that even Dan Boyle was talking about saying, yeah, most guys don't score from that angle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, wow. He was, I mean, he was almost a, up against the half wall. <laughs> so I, that was pretty impressive. Um, 
But Burns, as we said, will put it out of play for the third time in two straight games. Uh, Taze would score after a passing clinic. Uh, that the, and, the, and the Sharks would give up their first power play goal in seven games. Uh, a bad change in Vlasic getting beat with a pass leads to a goal from Kadri. Landeskog would get away with a boarding and a slew foot in this one. Uh, it wouldn't be a game, it seems like, if the Sharks didn't give somebody their first ever NHL goal. So, new hook, you're welcome. Mm-hmm. After going almost six straight periods without a power play, the Sharks finally get one and then give up a <laughs> shorthanded goal. <laughs> with Burns getting absolutely piling. I, the guy's like gassed after 10 minutes of the first. Um, I mean, what, what say you? I mean, it was. You, you have to bring in those seven guys. I get it. They haven't skated in two weeks. And. I, I don't know. <laughs> I just think, and you're playing in the Mile High City, right? And that's and that's why, like, I'm. It's like you haven't skated two weeks. What can we make? How can we make this harder? Oh, that's right, less oxygen. And that's a, and that's the thing. Like, it's it's not an excuse for playing poorly and losing, but it's definitely, you know, you don't you don't fault them for that too much, just because it was kind of a. A, a bad circumstance, right? Where you have all these guys coming back in, they're they're not fresh, they're not ready to go. But also, the amount of minutes Burns and Ferraro have played the last two weeks, like, yeah, you know, chances are that's eventually going to catch up to them. But you know, the Sharks, they <laughs> obviously they have to go in uh, next week. They have to play a very good Minnesota Wild team, but <sighs> you know, they're going to get, you know, their um, they played on Saturday. You know, they have today off skating tomorrow and in Denver and then they're going to go to Minnesota for Tuesday's game so they'll they'll have some time time off also time to skate and sort of get everything back and get dialed in it's kind of almost like a reset everybody's back let's sort of you know just chill out for a second you know and and do what we got to do so you know i mean it, if they lose you know two thirds of their games next week then yeah it's a little <laughs> You start to get a little concerned, but I mean, I look at this past week and yeah, some brutal losses, but given everything that's going on, it's, I don't know. I, I tend to not get too offended by it. Um, but the, I thought the Sharks looked good early in this avalanche game. They controlled the play for a lot of the game. And then, you know, when the avalanche decided to stop screwing around, you know, they, uh, <laughs> they took care of business pretty quickly. Yeah. I, I just, I look at the way that they had kind of they were playing that smart north south hockey, playing simply, and then all of a sudden all the big names came back, and it's like, oh yeah, that's right, okay, now we can be cool again and, and overpass it and try to be fancy or whatever. And it's like, no, stick with what got you here. Keep it simple. Make the smart play. Short shifts. Don't be a moron. You know what though? <laughs> I'll tell you. I'll tell you what, dude. Uh, first of all, Eric Carlson assisted on Barabanov's goal. So how are you doing? Um, but I really like the, the thing that I was thinking about is, okay, Timo Meyer had been the best player to start the season. He's on a, for him, he's on a, uh, um, a never before seen kind of like start to a season and point streak in general. So to see him get an assist on that Couture goal, I like seeing just because he's, he's back after missing, you know, five games, six games, whatever it was. And, and, you know, he's. Yes, it's a secondary assist, but he's still getting in on the score sheet, and he's he's making things happen. And I think that's really important um, for the Sharks. So I, that's kind of something that stood out to me. Well, the thing that gets me though is that <laughs> Carlson comes back. All of a sudden, Burns doesn't look so hot. 
<laughs> Burns was killing it when Carlson was out. I'm just saying. <laughs> just saying. It's kind of weird. It's an odd coincidence. Um, well, and I'd be, and and I'm gonna, you know, that's the beautiful thing of the internet, right? Is is all this stuff is is logged, recorded. You know, you can go and see, um, you know, see see everything. So. I thought that Bert, with Carlson and Middleton and all the guys back, I thought Burns would have played significantly less time that he had than he had mm-hmm. um, the last six games. But you know what? He he was still right where he's been. You know, 26 minutes against the Avalanche, which is, you know, <laughs> that's a lot of minutes. <laughs> <laughs> that is a lot. Like a few. especially with with Carlson and Middleton back, especially, right? It's you. I expected him to be around 23, 24. And even Ferraro, Ferraro played 27 minutes against the Avalanche. Oh. And, and I mean, I guess if you want to make the argument that, you know, Carlson, Middleton, you want to get these guys slowly back in, I understand that. And you can look, Carlson only played 19 minutes. Maybe that's what they're going for. But eventually you got to get the minutes, the time on ice for the defenseman dialed in because, you know, you're <laughs> the only situation like, I, you know, Burns and Farrell, the only situation they should be playing 27 minutes a night is if the game goes to overtime. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, and, and I think I know we're going to get into it, so maybe this can be the transition for it. But, like, good God almighty, like, you're yes. telling <laughs> you're you telling me, like, <laughs> you're, you're telling me that, like, Shimmick has to be in the lineup? No. Like, he's just... <laughs> And I, I don't I don't like to you know I don't like to be the boy who cried knee injury right but it's like it seems like ever since you know he finally got past all of that crap like it doesn't seem like he's as physical as he was before it doesn't seem like his skating is there it doesn't seem like his stick usage is there I you know we're gonna talk about it but the thing that I kept popping into my head over and over and over and over again is like why is it not Vlasic Hotika? You know, I, I'll be honest with you. I'm kind of like, why is it not Merkley hot to go? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would have. I, I I still I still think Merkley's got a lot to take care of. But yeah, even Merkley hot to go would have been fine. Dude, with, I or, would. You know, I would take Magna hot over Vlasic Simic right now. Right, and the unfortunate thing is just because of how much Vlasic makes, like you know, it looks bad if you don't play him. But like Shimmick, <laughs> man, you you talk about a guy who's value to the team and what he brings to the table has dropped precipitously like it's it's kind of unreal you know and and we've been big supporters of you know christ the redeemer on this show but it's just it's not it's not what it was you know well look the standouts i I mean look the top three this week burns three assists barabanov two goals I was going to say, that's usually the part, <laughs> part where Jerk's like, my man. <laughs> uh, Couture with two goals. Um, following Calgary, the, you know, Burns had nine points, one goal and eight assists and a six-game point streak. Heating up with without EK65. Things that make you go, hmm. Uh, coming out, of course, uh, Sasha, who we mentioned earlier, uh, got the oh, or the shootout winner for the for the Barracuda. Uh, Yoel Shellman, uh, who had to be taken off on a stretcher earlier tonight, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Uh, John Leonard, Jacob Magna, Ryan Merkley, Artemi Kinyajev. 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 <laughs> and uh, Nick Malosh, all sent back to the Barracuda. 
Um, and look, I'm willing to give the benefit of the doubt. Like you're saying, uh, these guys haven't haven't skated in two weeks. Uh, but just I, I'm at this point with uh, with Vlasic, man, where it's you know before it was uh, you know my my animals passed away. And I can understand that that you know, for as as big of a deal as his animals are to him, I can understand that could like screw with you for a little bit. You'd be like pretty depressed about that. And then it was the Arizona thing, and, and being away, you know, having to uh, be away from uh, his wife and, and and the the animals and all that stuff. But the beginning of this season, there was you know, we've all moved on from that, and yet Vlasic still for me sucks. Yeah, I, it, it's unfortunate. Um, and you then, know, and we, I, and how much longer? Four more years after this? Uh, <laughs> Are you for real? Yeah, four years after this year. Oh, um, and you. the way the way his contract is structured, it's it's virtually buyout proof. Um, oh. In case anybody was wondering, but I just and I was talking to somebody about this, but it's just you look at Vlasic, and it seems like like his brain is there. Like, he knows what he needs to do. He knows what he's got to do when he's got to do it. It just seems like his body is not there. Mm-hmm. His body can't do what his brain tells him to do. <laughs> what is it? Your brain's writing checks. Your body can't cash. Yeah. And and like we kind of talked about before, you know, I think personally, I think Ryan Merkley, he's still a little bit green, but I thought he looked well. Maybe you keep him around, you know, St. Hataka. I mean... He's a young defenseman. Why? Why is he your extra guy? Send him to the Barracuda. Send him to Finland. Like, get him playing games. You know, <sighs> play him here or play him somewhere else. You know what I mean? Don't have him be the scratch guy. That's Shimmick. You know, yeah. like th- that's that's the thing. That, and and again, don't like I said, we've been big fans of Shimmick on this podcast. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like acknowledge I reality, hate, my friend. <laughs> that's the thing. I I hate the idea that. A factor in determining who should play is what your name is. Mm-hmm. Well, like I don't, I don't care if you're Redeem Shimmick and you're Christ the Redeemer and you make two and a half million dollars a year. Like you're not cutting it, and you should be sitting. You're right. Maybe they need to uh, start looking at the bottom pair, kind of like goalie, <laughs> where it's just like, okay, you'll play one game, you'll play the other game. You know, just rotate around Vlasic Shimmick and uh, a player named Hataka. Dude, I would only if it was me. Like, Burns Ferraro is obviously good, as we've talked about. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Carlson Middleton; they've been very good. Dude, Vlasic and Shimmick, like, I, it's a shit show, I'm, dude. It's a if tire I'm, fire. Dude, I'm I'm telling you right now, dude. If I'm Bob, I'm only putting them out on the ice for an offensive zone faceoff. Dude, I'm saying it. And what happens in a, in a couple months, and hopefully sooner? When um, Kinejov comes back. Yeah, man. Dude. And, and, I'll, and that's I'll take another... Kinejov and Hataka over Vlasic and Simic. Well, and that's the other thing, too. Kinejov's going to come back, and it's like, oh, it's going to be, oh, well, hey, thanks, Middleton. Bye. <sighs> even even though that's not how it should be. Yeah. Because Middleton has been awesome with Carlson this year. I just. This... He's got a hell of a mustache too. <laughs> Unrela- unrelated, but I figure it's worth saying. I don't know. This de- <laughs> this defense just needs uh, something. It, it, something needs to change. I, Vlasic it's needs the bottom to... pair. It it's is the bottom pair. But Vlasic needs to be benched. Oh, that would be. I mean, I don't disagree with you, but that would be brutal. Well, 
I mean, <laughs> call it what it is. Maybe uh, does he? I'm I'm assuming. I'm oh no, do, Vlasic. Oh Vlasic, shit. He has full no move, doesn't he? Yep. Oh fuck. <laughs> so the only way they're dumping him is if he's like, get me, you know, trade me right fucking now. Um, yeah, but well, maybe Vlasic comes around to the idea of being moved if he's not going to get played. Yeah, true. I'm I just mean, just saying. basically bully him into leaving, essentially. <laughs> right? Oh, boy. Um, and then... You have that. The other thing, and uh, let, let's just get to it now. We'll, we'll get to our tweet of the week a little earlier than normal. But Kevin Kurz, uh, our bro, pointing out Nick Benino, Kevin LeBanc, and Matt Nieto, the third line, has combined for one even strength point this season. After to after tonight being when he wrote this up, it was the game against Colorado. That will have com- those three will have played a combined thirty games. <laughs> Dude, okay. So obviously Kevin's a friend of the show. We like Kevin, but this is a stupid tweet. Like, two like how Nick Benino and Matt Nieto. How dare these defense first players don't score? How dare them? Like, give me a break, dude. Well, I would like to see no, at least a no little. Well. No, I'm saying I'd like to see a little bit more. And this is something that Hurdle called out in the post game yesterday, was that we can't be a one line team. And well, it thankfully seemed, they've been a two line team. Yeah, but but it's you get what he's saying. It's like mm-hmm. we need to see a little bit more from. And to be honest, dude, I'm I'm liking the quote unquote fourth line a lot more than the third. Well, that's the thing, and and I think now. With this in mind, I still don't... Can I have some more foreseen points for Weatherby? I'm just saying. (laughs) You know, with with what I'm about to say in mind, don't get the idea that I want Evander Kane to come back. But if Evander Kane... Like, if he wasn't being shady as hell and was still on the team, Matt Nieto is on the fourth line where he belongs. Mm. Like, it's the same... Like, why we loved Matt Nieto last year because... You know, he knew his role. He knew what he had to do, and, and he, he did it. And he was deployed correctly. Yeah, and now you, which I think you have him with Benino, like, that's fine. Like, they're going to kill penalties, play defense, blah, blah, blah. But LeBanc, like, people can bitch all they want about LeBanc. <laughs> LeBanc being with Benino and Nieto is, does no favors for him at all. No. Like, well, and even Benino, had, like, kind of was uh, pulling a little sad sack droopy face earlier this week that he's bummed out that he hasn't potted one yet. Yeah, but that and, and that's the thing. I think that's okay. Like Benino came in to be a defensive third line center and he's been exactly that. So yeah, obviously you want to score goals, you want to contribute offensively, but I I don't hold it against him. You know what I mean? So what we're saying is come back in a couple of weeks when we have jerk versus curs here on the puck. <laughs> <laughs> no, what I'm, just, I'm just saying like, I think, you know, all things considered, like if it was, you know, and, and again, I don't think Evander Kane should become, should come back. I want to say that again, but if he was on the team, like Nieto, you know, your third line, all, all of a sudden your third line is, I mean, I don't, maybe your third line is, is Kane, Benino, LeBanc. You know what I mean? I'm just saying, <laughs> Well, you know, it, it's better, right? It, it would just, be better. I and and we like. Don't get me wrong. We like Matt Nieto, but he's yeah. he's playing higher in the lineup than he should be. Well, and we'll f- we'll find out about Kane in two weeks. 
Um, <laughs> Hopefully he's gone. But <laughs> I, I do want to say as well, and and as, as as much of a black hole as the third line has been, you're correct. The fourth line has been very good. But I think the top six for the Sharks is in a really good place as well. I mean, Couture. Oh, they're grooving. And, like Couture and Dolan, instant chemistry. Couture and Meyer has chemistry as well from previous years. I think the three of them are really good. Dude, something I like Hurdle and Balsers is not the pairing that I thought I needed in life, but like they are there's something about them together that's just so good. It's like working. they just and they, always know, they always know where each other is, mm-hmm. right? And then to your point, yeah, Bear Banoff just rolls through and he's like, No, oh puck's right there. Okay. I'm gonna just I'm gonna score. You yeah. know. <laughs> What'd you say? I, I, Scratch me, bitch. I dare you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And <laughs> and I you know, I have I see you have it in the notes here as well. I want to mention it. I like Nick Merkley sticking around. Yes. Uh, because I, I will say uh Kurz had like the tweet of the week, uh yeah. whatever it was a, a few games ago where he's like you know, me tonight. Ah, this this Nick Merkley guy is pretty. You know, it seems to be a really good depth guy. <laughs> me four games ago. Who the fuck is number ten? <laughs> yeah. No, I I I like Nick Merkley. What do you, because he's played really well this year. You know, I think Merkley, Cogliano, Weatherby. That's a hell of a fourth line. But also, and I feel bad because he's hurt. But Nick Merkley playing well means that there's now a reason to not play Lane Peterson. No, thank you. Yeah, when he went I, out with an injury, I was just like, oh, no. Anyway. Yeah, I, I feel bad because he's injured. But at the same time, it's like. Like, if that was the one guy that was going to get injured, that was the one. Just play, you know, play somebody there who's not have an, have an impact have an impact on the game. Yeah. And I've liked Gadjevich, too. Gadjevich doesn't need to play every night, but I like I like what I've what he's brought to the table so well, far. And then at some point, you're going to get VL back. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's exactly. a, lot of, a lot of moving parts here. Um, let me get to a comment here. PJ48 saying, uh, Vlasic said before the season, he doesn't want to go anywhere. Wilson should have set targets for Vlasic this season, and if he didn't make them, Vlasic should let them at least explore a deal. Um, Vlasic said, he did say he didn't want to go anywhere. That's like, hey, I'm, you know, I signed the deal. I want to play here, want to bring a cup here. That's That's great. But maybe we're ready to move on. Unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, I like Vlasic. Yeah, so do I. I mean, no-nonsense guy. But like you were saying, it's that uh, he, he's trying to do things that the body's going, I'm sorry, what? Which is, is it's kind of surprising to me that he's already seeing this happen because, you know, throughout his career, he's not been an overly physical guy. And usually you see... Well. Usually you see the body fall behind the brain in guys who do play a physical game. So I don't, it's very curious case, you know. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to see if and when that ever happens to Burns. <laughs> I, dude, I don't know. I mean, 36 years old and he somehow seems to be getting better. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, the, the guy still, you know, has to hoof it from time to time. But yeah. But who doesn't? Yeah. Um, so hashtag. Hashtag ripped freaks, as they say. <laughs> well, and then over the games versus win, uh, you know, Winnipeg and Colorado, the Sharks took three puck over glass penalties and a hella dudes penalty. Uh, that's something that they need to like put the kibosh on real quick. I mean, you can't make lazy, unforced errors. That's puck guy's job, for fuck's sakes. Come on, I'm kidding, puck guy. 
<laughs> we 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 only roast the ones we love. So let's get to the stats so far. Uh, the power play, twenty two percent. That's that's not horrible. Uh, no, not at all. Especially when you compare it to the pen, or the power play from the last couple of years. <laughs> but eleventh in the NHL, jumping up three spots from last week. This week there were twenty five percent, one for four. Didn't get a lot of opportunities this week, but uh, still not. I'd like to see. Mm, I don't know. I'm I'm not seeing the kind of net front like get your ass and basically what we saw from the Barabana like the one power play goal they did score this week you had Weatherby parking his fat ass at the net Barabana going oh thank you very much for distracting him you know I'm, I'm kind of liking that second power play unit a little bit more they're a little more meat and potatoes versus this hey look at how cute this pass is what if I do this dump pass and this pass and blah 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 no, very very early on, if you remember, it was just, you know, grip it and rip it. Just get it on net. My one, The one thing I wish about the power play, like, and I think Weatherby being there is fine, but, you know, I don't know why Benino continues to stay on the power play. I mean, right. like, I understand you want to get him some minutes. And he, he had a really good offensive year last year, so... I think this, you know, these games obviously have been a little bit of an anomaly for him. But at the same time, like put somebody there who's got a little more offensive creativity. Like I was, I was surprised that Balsers wasn't on the power play last night. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense for me. <laughs> <laughs> Especially because, like we talked about, him and Hurdle have some kind of weird chemistry brewing where they just always know where each other is. Yeah. Or are whatever. <laughs> you know. I know like, words. I know words. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, the Sharks scoring one power play goal in regulation this week, but also giving up their third shorthanded goal of the season this week. So Epic. It is what it is. Um, the penalty kill, uh, I mean, first in the league. It's at 90%. Jumped up three spots being after being fourth last week. Uh, this week they went 10 for 11. Uh, so you have to love the kill, but then again, if you remember, that was the one saving grace from last season was, you know, every Jones was letting in everything. The, the, the team sucked defensively, but, but for some reason on the PK, they were fantastic, mm-hmm. but whatever. Um, face-off wins they're at 52% still eighth in the NHL. So, I mean, top 10, you, <laughs> it's, it's not a bad place to be. Totally fine. As yeah. long as they're above 50%. Yeah. Get you where you want to go. Uh, Hill, on the other hand, um, hmm. <laughs> goals against average right now, 3.11. That's that's not great. Save percentage, 8.94. Ugh, that's a kick in the smalls. Uh, f- he's gone 4-4 four and four so far, right? Four wins, four losses. You'll remember he got a shutout versus Montreal, but he also got pulled versus Boston. So if you remember last week, Jerk was talking about outliers. So I said, well, what if we ran the numbers – and we tossed out his best game, that Montreal shutout, and we tossed out the worst, being pulled at Boston. And the numbers actually get worse for him. He goes from an 894 to an 890. So the thing that I would say in defense of Aiden Hill is, yes, his numbers aren't very good, but I I don't feel like, and again, perhaps I'm there's just something really egregious that I'm forgetting, I don't feel like Aiden Hill has single-handedly lost the Sharks a game 
at all this season. Like, yeah, the the numbers aren't there, but at the same time, I don't think I don't think I can point to a game and say, oh yeah, you know, if Hill didn't suck there, we would have won. I don't I don't really think that that's the case. Okay, I I can all right, I can concede that point. Uh, but the one thing that was brought up in the post game yesterday after Colorado is. Somebody kind of mentioned, like, you know, so what What are you thinking goalie-wise for Minnesota? And it was like, well, you know, we haven't made a decision, but Bob kind of intimated that uh, maybe it's time to start riding the hot hand instead of going back and forth. So, uh, Which is what you said two weeks ago. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, Reimer, 1.82 goals against. Significantly better. <laughs> a 940 save percentage. That's fifth... I'm sorry, fourth best save percentage in the league right now. And two of the guys above him have only played one game. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, talk about anomalies. But he's 3-2-1 and one on the season. Uh, look, yeah, just fucking put Reimer in there, goddammit, and let him roll for a few games. If You know, just win and you're in, as, as Ian likes to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, from the blue line. Seven assists in three games this week. That's that's not bad. All in on the season, five goals, 26 assists coming from the blue line in 14 games. Significant difference from last season. And again, I think we can kind of go back to Burns and look at him putting up nine points in six games. It was ridiculous. Ugh. Um, so evidently, just touching on this real quick because it's coming across the wire, uh, Yo Yoel, <laughs> Yoel Shelman, had a concussion, uh, and, but that uh, he has been cleared to fly back to San Jose tomorrow, so that's good news. Um, good. So coming up this week, uh, the Sharks finish up this five-game road trip from hell. Mm-hmm. Uh, Going to play three games before we talk again next Sunday night at Minnesota, who just happens to be oh the top team in the Central, at St. Louis, um, poof, Fourth in the central, but uh, it, and they did lose earlier to the Blues. Meh. What are you gonna do? Or, or, I'm sorry, the Blues lost earlier to the Oilers. My blunder. But either way, St. Louis has been tough. Uh, they beat the Sharks five to three two weeks earlier from this game, and then they return home to face the Capitals. Hockey fights cancer night. Um, but uh, you know that's two against a couple top teams in the central and what will be a rested caps team who are currently second in their division, uh, because the sharks are going to play St. Louis on Thursday, Washington on their road trip. They're playing in the SoCal teams on Tuesday and Wednesday, and we'll have Thursday and Friday off. So they're going to be nice and rested. It's going to be a, it could be an interesting game for the sharks as they return from this road trip. What, what, what say you on that? I, I'll give you a, I can give you my prediction that I wrote down from the beginning of the season, if you'd like it. <laughs> uh, it's real easy. Uh, three losses. <laughs> wow. No, I, I, I think kind of what I was talking about before, right, where the Sharks are going to have some time here to get, you know, get everything reset and dialed in and, and back to square one, you know, now that all the regulars are back in the lineup. Um, I can see yeah. them maybe picking up a victory against St. Louis, but I think Minnesota and Washington, those are going to be – no, I don't know. I mean, it's hard to it's hard to say because. Uh, but like, I just I, I just said it. 
wasn't right, that hard. Right, but I mean, like, Minnesota, <laughs> I could, the only team I really see giving the Sharks grief is is Minnesota, just because, you know, they are rolling. They're number one in the Central Division. Mm-hmm. But St. Louis has been kind of, I mean, yeah, they're a good team, but they've been kind of up and down. Yeah. Uh, and Washington, it's been, you know, they're second in the Metropolitan. But, again, like, you know, you can you catch a team sleeping on a bad night, right? So, I don't know. I'm thinking. Well, in, in Anaheim and L.A. don't suck. Yeah, but, but apparently, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bizarrely enough. So, I don't know. Um, let's get to the quick hits and start getting the hell out of here. Uh, let's see. Sharks general manager Doug Wilson finally inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame tomorrow. There's a whole bunch of brouhaha, if I can invoke a little French. A uh, lot going on. Let me see. He got a blazer. He got a ring. He got a, it was a whole bunch of stuff. Him and then uh, who Jerk lovingly refers to as Daddy. <laughs> Jerome. <laughs> no good good for wilson i it, it's key to mention he's being inducted as as a player yeah not a builder and you you look at and you look at the, you look at his his career uh as a player right i mean 827 points in 1024 games uh, a gold medal in the canada cup uh he's got a norris trophy like he say what you want about him i mean you'd be wrong but you can still say it you know <laughs> hell of a player and I think it's it's deserving. So good for him. Absolutely. Uh, finally, <laughs> finally, our buddy Shang Peng has joined NBCSN. <laughs> I think I mentioned this should have happened months. I, I've been saying this for months that NBC should have like got together with him. This is a good mo- move for both of them. More visibility for Shang and. Um, and now NBCSN won't have product. Huh? What? Hopefully a better product for NBC. Yeah, I was going to say now NBC won't have to uh, embarrass themselves by having, you know, baseball, football, and basketball writers trying to, <laughs> desperately trying to finagle a, a hockey story. Ugh. God, it was bad. Um, real quickly, you want to play a game? Talking to you, Jim. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Want to play a game. Say the the team is off the rails. Hurdle is leaving. Where does he go? And who would want him? Let's let's start in the Pacific. Could Hurdle go to Edmonton? No. He couldn't go to Edmonton. Why is that? Well, I mean, the short answer is that Edmonton has no cap space. Yes. <laughs> I don't see him ending up in the Pacific Division anywhere. I mean, maybe Calgary, maybe. But, you know, everybody else in the Pacific, they either are dialed in and don't need him or they suck and getting him wouldn't help. So, you know, Calgary is kind of the only maybe that I can see. Boston? Yeah, Boston's top of my list. Boston, I would say Boston. Yeah, Boston is probably, they're probably the front run. Well, I don't want to say front runner because that implies that he's available and he's as good as gone. That's not what I'm saying. But like if, like gun to my head, pick a team that Hurdle could conceivably go to. Like I'm saying Boston. Like 
Boston lost their second line center over the summer, David Krejci. They didn't replace him. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Hurdle would make their very stacked forward group even more stacked. Mm-hmm. Well, well, we'll get back to that after we get mm, 20, somewhere between 20 and 40 games into the season. <laughs> uh, so how are things going for our dark horses? <laughs> Jerk. Poorly. <laughs> My man. Which I don't understand. Like, <laughs> the Canucks, like, you look at the horrible. Canucks. Right? Okay, but you look at their roster. Like, and again, the games are not played on paper. But you look at their roster on paper. Okay, maybe their blue line is a bit sus. But their goaltender, very good. Their forwards, very good. So it's kind of like... I'm kind of surprised that at the very least they're not... Like, don't have more wins just by virtue of scoring a bunch of goals. You know? Man. I mean, I think if I did have to pick one kind of bad thing about their their team, it's their blue line. I mean, I like Quinn Hughes. I like OEL, but ey, Tyler Myers at $6 million, Yikes. Tucker Pullman. I like Tucker Pullman, but $2.5 million, Yikes. Um, <laughs> you well, know, I, that blue line could use a facelift, but I still think they're a good team. They just are not playing like it, but they're, they're top nine forward group probably one of the best top nines in the league i can comfortably say well here's the thing that's gonna like you know pull on the short hairs the jerks canucks right now are seventh in division a record of five nine and two (laughs) one of two teams behind san jose if i (laughs) (laughs) an nhl worst pk this team has Okay, that's last time I looked like five, nine, and two. That that adds up to sixteen games. Does that make? Is that right? Yep. Okay, they've given up a power play goal in every single game. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> every single game. Holy shit! Uh, meanwhile, AJ's LA Kings are currently fourth with a record of eight, five, and two for eighteen points and a seven-game win streak. So. Just and saying. oh, go ahead. That's that's with that's with Victor Arvidsson and Gabe Velarde on the COVID protocol, and Drew Doughty on long-term injured reserve. Oh, so, figure that they're out. doing all right. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm I'm feeling good about that. But you know, we're, <laughs> yes, you should. Yeah, we're 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 not even twenty games in. Let's you know, let, let's see how I'm feeling when, when we're at the sixty-game mark. Um. And then finally, from around the NHL, in what seems to be coming. Uh, <laughs> It's going to be a weekly feature here. More turmoil surrounding the NHL because this week the Anaheim Ducks announced that GM Bob Murray has resigned from his position effective immediately and will enroll in an alcohol abuse program. Uh, Doesn't seem to have had an impact on the team as they continue to win and are currently second in the division. (laughs) But can we we just go a week without something happening? (laughs) Somebody getting fired, somebody resigning. So... I'm I'm not I'm not briefed on all the particulars of, you know, why he had to resign. You know, I alcohol by all indi- abuse. No, I, I, I know that, but by all indications there's more to it. Yes. Um but obviously that information has not come to light yet, so just based on what we know now, I would say hopefully he enters the program and, and he can get help. Absolutely. Um 
but to, to turn things to a more fun topic, uh, Martin Jones now has a 931 save percentage. <laughs> Three wins, one loss. We are 16 starts from even Ian shaving his head. Oh, Could you imagine? Okay, imagine this. Ima- like, uh, say dude, he- you watch. Just to piss me off, he's going to get a 914. Well, I was going to say, but even then, what if he like, what if he hits like, I mean, we'd have to revisit the parameters of the deal. But like, say he hits 20 starts and everything looks good. Yeah. And he's at like I, 917 and then he has no, one more start and then it drops to a 910. I was going to say, like, what if he's in position after 20 starts and then the rest of the year he's like dog shit and it tumbles oh. down. Because oh. that's the thing. Because it's, it's, it's 20 starts and 915 by the end of the year. So like. He could hit twenty starts and be in good in good position, and then it could all fall off the rails. Yeah, well, I, I think whatever we're just going to have to manipulate the numbers so it works out for us. <laughs> <laughs> I think that needs to be what happens. Uh, let's move on to the young guns. So right now, uh, last I looked, uh, the Barracuda are four, four, and one right now. So not 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 great, but again, they were having to make call-ups because the Sharks had to make call-ups. Uh, either way, though, two games this week in what the first time that they've played in Abbotsford, and I don't know how long since they were the Wooster Sharks. I want to say, yeah, a long time. <laughs> so uh, they got the, abs- last, oh, the go last time. The last time they played. The Vancouver Canucks AHL team was in 2010, and Logan Couture was on that team. Christ almighty. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the first game against Abbotsford, uh, the, the Cuda got absolutely smoked 7-1, to one, uh, which is odd because it seems like, wait a minute, you're called the Canucks. You usually give up 7. You don't score 7. But anyway, Vancouver joke. Uh, Scott Reedy is the only goal scorer for the Cuda. Uh, Imon, Imon, he pulled after letting in three goals and five shots. Jesus Christ, <laughs> for six minutes. Uh, I'm not sure why Gregor wasn't in this game because he played in the ne- the next night. I don't know if he was coming back from protocol, but uh, the Barracuda went on the power play a season high nine times, going wow. one for nine on the power play. Jesus. Um, Finished two for four on the PK. Have now given up a power play goal in each and every game. <laughs> right there with the with the Canucks. Oh Jesus Christ! Anyway, uh, but the Barracuda did earlier today come up with a win in the shootout, three to two. But this was a scary scene as Yoel Shellman had to be stretchered off the ice after a head hit near the corner. Uh, I'm probably going to butcher this name, but I'm going to try it anyway. Uh, Vincent Arsenal. Arsenal. Arsenal? Okay. Either way, he was an arse. Uh, he had a cup of coffee with the Wooster Sharks and Barracuda. He would get 10-minute match penalty for this hit. The good news, however, is Shellman is responsive, as we mentioned earlier. Uh, concussion, but has been cleared to fly back. The bad news, not much of an answer from the team after that hit. Uh, but uh, this is the hit that, says, that, that explains to everybody why Eklund is not in the AHL. <laughs> 
<laughs> yep. <laughs> that was pretty much it. Uh, Weinger and Gregor with the Cuda goals during regulation. And as I mentioned earlier, Schmalevsky gets your shootout winner. Uh, the leaders for the Cuda as of now, Reedy has four goals. Gregor and Hobgawaks each have three. Uh, Gregor has five assists, eight points. Uh, might need to update those numbers because of the game played earlier today. But anyway, that's essentially your leaders. Uh, Melnichik is getting absolutely destroyed. I feel horrible for this kid. Uh, he's got an 849 save percentage, 4.10 goals against. Jesus. <laughs> Iman, on the other hand, coming into tonight's game, an 818 save percentage, seven goals against average. Epic. <laughs> Christ. <laughs> uh, they got, uh, let's see, this coming week, the Cuda have a three-game homestand coming, starting with the Bakersfield Condors on Wednesday. Then they have back-to-backs versus the San Diego Goals this coming Friday and Saturday. That's another matinee game for the Cuda on Saturday, which will be followed by the Sharks versus the Capitals. Hockey fights cancer night. So, hey, enjoy a whole day of hockey at the tank. I'll be interested to see which game draws more fans. <laughs> hi uh, Let's get to the prospects, our top five, as always. Uh, I don't think Tristan Robbins is ever going to leave the number one spot at this point. Uh, Probably not. Dude, 10 goals, 28 points, and 16 games with the Saskatoon Blades. Did he have a hat trick this week? Uh, I think so, yeah. Oh, Christ almighty, this kid. Uh, Brandon Coe, six goals, 22 points in 15 games with OHL's North Bay Battalion. Uh, Daniil Gushkin. 10 goals, 15 points in 12 games, and it was even suspended for two games for a slew foot, and he's still up there. <laughs> uh, Max McHugh has entered the chat. He has joined the top five club, now with five goals, 13 points in 13 games with the London Knights, so you love those point-per-game players. Uh, Ethan Cardwell has jumped up, 12 points in 12 games with the Barry Colts, and... Hey, Bordalo, he's still hanging around. He's got 12 points in 12 games at the University of Michigan. So, uh, boy, Tr- Tristan Robbins, this, he can't, we can't call him up tomorrow, can we? <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know what, though? Um, I mean, if he, Christ. you know, obviously, like, if, if the Barracuda can get themselves into a playoff position around, March, April, no way Robbins isn't signing an amateur trial with the Barracuda and jumping back over because, yeah, I, I, I think at this point it's fair to say, I think um, I think junior hockey might be a bit beneath him at this point. <laughs> just, just a scotch. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, it's just, I mean, we you always see players do really well at junior hockey score a lot of points you always see it but it's nice to see a sharks prospect do it oh i feel like i've been waiting mm-hmm. like a long time and even you you're just seeing these names pop up here and there it's like bordelo has a week and uh gushkin is star of the week and uh, you know McHugh is the and you see gregor leading the the barracuda at some point, when does Gregor get a call up? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I mean, I. I mean, we're talking about how how yeah that third line is. Yeah, I'm surprised he hasn't already gotten a call up. Uh, right. 
Like it's he doesn't have to pass waivers, right? It's a two way deal. Uh, you know what? He current currently no, he does not need to pass through waivers, but he's close. Oh, um, maybe that's the reason being. Yeah, he. Let's see. Uh, he's got. <laughs> Excuse me while I whip this out. Yeah, and the thing is, um, he'll hit waiver like next season. He's gonna have to go through waivers regardless. So, hmm. you know, it, it's how they break it down is it's either um, the amount of seasons you've played pro seasons or how many games you've played. Mm-hmm. And so right now it's, you know, if, if he doesn't play any games this year, you know, he'll go on, he'll be waiver eligible starting next season. But, you know, it's it's to the point now where you know had the sharks had the sharks started him on the roster at the beginning of the season um after game 77 which i understand is way at the end of the season anyway um after 77 games he hits that waiver threshold as well so you know you could make the argument and i think kevin lacy made the argument as well where it doesn't make sense to have gregor start on the sharks just because he's going to burn his waiver clock quicker well and and okay but who, who who's the third line for the Sharks right now? Ben- exactly. Benino, <laughs> Nieto, LeBanc. It's kind of like, I wouldn't mind seeing Gregor in there for Nieto or Benino. I, no, I think... Yeah, I mean, you, I, it's a, it sucks, right? Because like if, if Nieto was playing in a proper position, it wouldn't be a problem. Yeah. But because he's on the third line, even though the third line does still have a primary focus on defense, you're still expected to contribute offensively on the third line. Mm-hmm. A uh, couple, before we get out of here, a couple notes from the chat, or I should say a couple questions from Ricky asking, is there any chance Barabanov is not moved at the deadline? Uh, I, w- I would say there's zero chance right now. I mean, if the Sharks were a bad team, maybe they move him, but I, I mean, if I'm the Sharks, this is a guy I want to try and lock up. Yeah. I mean, you even know? even for just a couple year bridge deal or something. Yeah, and and we've we mentioned it before, but I'll, I'm going to do it again. This can be our recurring thing. So, seven points in nine games last year, six points in nine games this year. Total, and this is just with the Sharks. We're not counting his 13 games with the Maple Leafs, which is, so that's a 15 points in 18 games. You may say small sample size, but that's over two seasons. So I don't know that it's a small sample size at this point. If you're doing it over multiple seasons, mm-hmm. you go from small sample size to being consistent, I think. Uh, here's another question from a uh, longtime watcher, first-time caller, PuckGuy14. Uh, is there a possibility to call up Eklund if they get into a myriad of roster issues? No, at this point, he'll he's going to stay in Deer Garden until their season is over. Yep, completely agree. And that's fine. Ricky, you know, hold on. Ricky's saying uh, Barabanov won't take a bridge. He's 29, needs to get paid. We don't have the cap. He's, he's only getting a million dollars, right? Well, first, well, hold on. He's 27. He's not 29, for starters. All right. And, facts, facts matter, Ricky. <laughs> get but, your, but get your also shit too, together. <laughs> but also, too, as I, to, to, to flip the script on what I just said, 15 points in 18 games with the Sharks. That's not a $5 million player. Like, yes, he's been very good in the limited time he's been here. I'm not giving him a bunch. If he comes and says, I want 
four years, four million a season, I'd say, well, you know what? You let me know who gives that to you. <laughs> well, I mean, but, and that's the whole thing is that if, if, if he wants to come here and have a quote-unquote contract season, right? I'd give him the Balzers deal. Absolutely. but I'm fine but, with that. But Ricky is saying that Barabanov is worth more than LeBanks 4.25. I mean, if he continues to score at this pace, pace yeah. for the entire season, sure. Absolutely. But, I mean, if anything, the Sharks would be smart to sign Barabanov right now because, you know. Get him on the cheap. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, I think ultimately. It would be like four years, two million a year. <laughs> what's the thing? I, I don't think he would get, like, so balls, like I said, Balsers is at two years just over a million and a half per year. I think Barabanov would get a little bit more than that, but no, that's what I said. More. Yeah, that's what I said. I'm like two million, four years. Maybe not four years. Maybe two or three years. But well, he's only still, 27. Well, okay. But that's the thing. I'm All not right, giving. Three but years. That's the thing. He's been very good. I'm still not giving him a bunch of money. Like if we get to the end of regular season, and you know this, uh, here I'll I'll do the math for everybody here. So. <laughs> Six points in nine games. <laughs> all, I, all I picture is you putting on like the the green, yeah. Uh, what what is that? The visor, the green yeah. visor, and, and breaking it. The so six. He's got six points in nine games. If he if he plays every remaining game in the regular season, at that he'll rate? he'll he'll get to seventy seven games played. If he plays every remaining game in the regular season, because he missed the first few. If he plays 77 games and can you, continues to score at that pace, that's 51 points in 77 games. I'd feel all right giving him three million bucks, four million bucks if he does that. Well, and I, I still, I, I just kind of sit there and, I mean, I think Rick makes a good point with the whole idea of LeBanc. That's the thing. If you do do that, you have to move LeBanc. You have to. Yeah. <laughs> and And I don't think I would mind doing that right now. And the thing is, and like I said, you know, I I love LeBanc. Don't get me wrong. I love Kevin LeBanc. He's a darling on the module. But the way, and we talked about it earlier, the way the top six is dialed in right now, mm -hmm. LeBanc and, you know, Kevin Kerr said, oh, you know, LeBanc doesn't have any even strength points. You know, he's he's only been getting points on the power play. He's on the third line. The power play is his only opportunity to get points right now. Yeah. No. You I, know, I get that. I'm not, like like I said, you know, Dolan, Couture, Meyer. I'm not breaking that up. Barabanov, Hurdle, Balsers, I'm not breaking that up. No. So you got to, I mean. You got to find more talent to play with LeBanc. Yeah, and I think you, like Benino and LeBanc, I think that's fine. You know, because ultimately Benino is a really good third line center. But you need somebody a little bit, like who has the defense that Matt Niano brings to the table, but is also a little bit better offensively as well. Yeah. I mean that's that should be that should be like plan A. Oh man. Oh, just as we're about to get out of here, John John sliding in with the super chat. Thank you so much, John John. Thank you, uh, John John. Great job as always, AJ and Jerk. Do you still have Jerk's opening intro montage where he greets the opposing team? Hold on, is what you mean uh hold on. <laughs> I'm not sure I know where you're going with this. Are you talking about our opening credits? <laughs> dude still still, still an epic clip like you know I, I got mine you know with my buddy but 
I think we can all agree that hockey jerks is a little bit better than mine. <laughs> Dude, that is so. Dude, that's awesome. <laughs> I love. I still love that. <laughs> it was worth the five bucks, wasn't it, John? <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! All right, so um, that's it, boys and girls. Uh, like I said, in about two weeks, well, I get a little bit better ideas to what the Evander Kane situation is. I look forward to the fact that. The game that the Sharks are playing that Kane would be uh, able to return is a national game on ESPN. You know they're going to talk about it. Oh, dude. And how could you not? They've, they play at Chicago on the 28th. On the 30th at New Jersey is when Kane, at least that's when his league suspension uh, is over and he's able to return if the Sharks... Don't say, you know, <laughs> piss off. So, but I mean, <laughs> at Chicago, just the third largest media market in the country. <laughs> and then at New Jersey, last time I looked pretty close to New York, mm-hmm. the, 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 there's going to be some chatter. But and maybe it's a good thing that, uh, well, and then they play the Islanders and the Rangers. So, oh boy, there's going to be some talk. Um, what are your thoughts at this point? Do you, do you think that the Sharks make an announcement and say, you know, at this time we feel it is better that Kane, I don't know, may, <laughs> puts his couch a little deeper? <laughs> like, put, puts those, those indentations in the cushions a little bit more? Yeah. Because Chief is... See, here's my thing though is that they, you know, they we talked about it last week that he was spotted in LAX with the with his uh lady friend, if you will. Um he didn't I mean, he didn't necessarily look out of shape, you know, it doesn't appear that he's let himself go, but we know that he is not allowed at the Sharks facilities. Mm-hmm. So, if Chief is buying ice time somewhere, clearly no one knows about it. You would think if he was skating, it would leak somehow. Well, there's that, but also, and, uh, you know, Kevin Kurz mentioned this as well. The, um, who his Kane's gear is still in possession of the sharks. Mm-hmm. So unless he has multiple sets of gear, he probably does. The, uh, maybe I would imagine, you know, but, if he does, he's not skating. So it, I... It's not as if... Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> I was going to say, it's not as if Chief can't afford it, but I may be wrong. <laughs> what? That wasn't funny? Really? Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. I just... I mean, if Chief isn't skating... I don't know. I, I just... It just... It, it, it kind of... I kind of find it funny... That there are a lot of people who who think it's it's who think it's all but confirmed that like he's coming like you know oh well when Kane comes back and it's like it's very bold of you to think that he's coming back like yeah that's an odd you know, assumption if if I was gonna put money on it I would say he's not you know the Me too. because I I was expecting the Sharks to do the wrong thing and welcome him back at training camp and they didn't they they put their foot down and they stuck to their you know they stuck to their guns and at this point I like. I, I, I always say, like, you know, I know people who've been fired from jobs before. Never once were they told to come back. 
<laughs> like, you know. Joel. <laughs> yeah joel from target if you're listening fuck you <laughs> uh well we got we got six games between now and what could be his return i mean and like i mentioned earlier the sharks only have one win in their last five games what if they only win one game in their next six which is not outside you know <laughs> the look minnesota number one team in the central then st louis Still, you know, you've already gotten your ass handed to you by that team. Then you get Washington coming in, and then oh, Carolina. Ugh. So, the, I mean, the Sharks could conceivably drop the next four games very easily. Then you have Ottawa. If you don't beat them, holy crap! Then Toronto, and then at Chicago. So you've got these what one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven games. If the Sharks go two and five. Over that stretch, do the Sharks sit there and go, well, let's see if Kane can add something nope. to this? Or they just sit there and suck it up? No, you have to suck it up. Especially like, it, especially if the Sharks want to re-sign Hurdle, bringing Kane back kills your chances of doing that. So does losing. Yeah, but, you know, I would rather... I would rather lose Hurdle because the Sharks are bad than making him play with somebody he doesn't like. Fair point. I mean, would you like? Would you rather be happy and losing? You know, happy and <laughs> happy and losing, or miserable and winning? Miserable and winning. I mean, to I me, know. that's an easy question. I don't know. Winning cures a lot of ills. Yeah, but you know, uh, <laughs> being miserable can make even the best things seem insignificant. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Remains to be seen. We've got a couple weeks before we have to worry about it. So with that, you can follow him at hockey underscore jerk. You can follow me at AJ underscore strong. If you have any questions or topics you'd like to hear us discuss and you're not able to join us on the live show and ask them during uh, in, in the live chat, uh, you can always hit us up at Teal Town USA on Twitter. Don't forget to join us on our Discord channel where the chat never ends. It is never ending, friends. I kid you not. Uh, you can check the show notes for the link. And hey, remember to leave your take in the comment section of this YouTube video if you're watching us on YouTube. Especially if you weren't able to uh, join us live. Because how else would you comment? SAP sells of all... Hold on. SAP sells all of Kane's merchandise to pay for his buyout. <laughs> Uh, did, let me ask you this before we go. How much of at the at the next uh, equipment sale? How much cane stuff is there? <laughs> uh, dude, I, I I would I would box it up and I and I would, you know, send I would I would, I would <laughs> Yeah, I would send it to him or I would just I would send it to the village in, you know, Malaysia that all of the phantom gear gets sent to. Oh, I, I would send it to like one of his creditors and be like, here, sell it. Get back some of the money. Mm. Just saying. Uh, all right. I think we, I may have laid it on Kane a little thick. <laughs> We're just having fun here, guys. Uh, remember to subscribe on YouTube. Follow us on social media. If you ever listen to the podcast on something like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, whatever, uh, help us out. Subscribe to the content. Leave us a, a nice review. Five stars if you can. 
and follow us on the social media and those podcasts at podcast apps. I, I can speak English. I've, I've done it before, uh, but you can find them all in the YouTube description below or the description on the podcast app. You're checking us out on find everything on tealtownusa.com. And remember to check out after dark, our post game show that follows every single sharks game. And that's it. Ladies and gentlemen, we thank you very much for joining us again on your Sunday evening. We'll be back next Sunday as far as I know, right? There's no, like, holiday. There's no game I need to be worried about. No, it's the week after that at Chicago. So are we going to have a puck, puck knowledge take over of After Dark ne- two Sundays from now? Remains to be seen. What time is that Might Chicago happen. game? Uh, 4 o'clock Pacific. Oh, crap. Here we go. Gonna be that takeover, yo. <laughs> Let's get on, yo. Well, all right, that's it. That's our show. Thanks for joining. Thanks for listening. See you next week, episode one forty-one.